From the K-Rob Collection, this is Audio Antiques, featuring programs from the golden age of American radio. I'm Ken Robinson. On this edition, we celebrate legendary American jazz pianist, organist, composer, violinist, singer, and comedic entertainer, Fats Waller. He laid the groundwork for modern jazz piano, and some say he paved the way for rock and roll. Thomas Fats Waller started playing piano at the age of six and copyrighted over 400 songs during his career, including Grammy winners Ain't Misbehaving and Honeysuckle Rose. Fats Waller was a critical and commercial sensation in the United States as well as Europe. Unfortunately, he died from pneumonia at the early age of 39 in 1943. We're going to hear Fats Waller perform live in 1938, an appearance on the popular Edgar Bergen show just before his death in 1943, a tribute concert by Eddie Condon in 1944, plus a dramatization of the life of Fats Waller on Destination Freedom. Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing is your store for quality, distinctive t-shirts. These are eye-pleasing, pre-shrunk cotton tees for men, women, and children. These are the best t-shirts I've ever had. I love the designs and the way they fit. I recommend Panorama to all my friends. Panoramic t-shirts are classy, not those cheap knockoffs. These are the real deal. Get quality or less at plclothing.store. Bring your finances into the 21st century with a My Checking account at Nationwide Bank, powered by Axos. My Checking is designed so you can bank on your terms. This account offers unlimited domestic ATM fee reimbursements, no monthly maintenance fees, and no minimum balance requirements. Nationwide Bank offers Direct Deposit Express, so you can receive your paycheck up to two days earlier. Plus, there's a free app so you can bank on your phone no matter where you are. Open a new My Checking account at krobcollection.com and receive $20. If you are a new Nationwide or Axos Bank customer and deposit $500 into your account within 90 days. Nationwide is on your side with a $20 gift for opening a free My Checking account powered by Axos. Nationwide is on your side. Get full details at krobcollection.com. to your Saturday evening's entertainment in a most delightful way, the one and only Fat Waller in a program of Rhythmic Hot Show. Ah, oh, please, gentlemen, please. My, my, these announcer fellas really do put on the dog. And just for that, boys, come over here and hold my hand. Am I happy? Tickle pink. There's no telling how I feel. I'm so happy. Wonder is this dream? Come on and hold my hand. There's romance in the weather. Hold my hand as lightly as a feather. Hold my hand. Oh, baby, let's get together. You and me, Merrily, tip, 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 and harmony. Kiss me, dear. It would be one great fav
Give me some of that horn there. Are you ready? Uh oh, no, 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 no. Uh, give me a little rhythm there. Uh, uh, what? Oh, listen here. Come here. Stop beating around the bush. That ain't the way. Stop beating around that mulberry bush. Mulberry bush. Mulberry bush. Stop beating around the mulberry bush. Come out and say you love me. Stop beating around the mulberry bush. Mulberry bush. Mulberry bush, stop beating round the mulberry bush when there's a moon above me. This is the way to win my heart, win my heart, win my heart. You better begin before we part. Blue and broken hearted, stop beating round that mulberry bush, mulberry bush, mulberry bush. Stop beating round the mulberry bush. Come on, say you love me. Send me on out there now. Yeah. Hmm? What's that you saying? 
you saying you don't know me? Uh-uh, let's hear This is the way to be my friend. Be my friend. Be my friend. You better play up before we end. Charged with double murder. Trump beating round. To Mulberry Bush. Mulberry Bush. Mulberry Bush. Stop beating round. The Mulberry Bush. Can't pay me the five you owe me. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's some real hot stuff there. Uh, uh, huh? What's the matter with you?
Yes, and look out. Here we go. This old world's a small place. Someday you're going to run across me and we're going to cross paths. And if we do, well, you'll have the advantage. Because you can tell me, a little skinny guy with a low-down piano. Mm-hmm. Yes, I get it. So let's make it even. What's your name? Don't think me fresh or indiscreet When I say how did do I've waited long enough, my sweet For just three words with you What's your name? I could never guess it What's your name? Could you confess it? What a shame We have never met before, before, before Ah, don't you see? Everything's in order Sit with me Mama's little daughter, sweet and free, who could ever ask for more? Where were you all this time? From now on, please be mine. I don't care where you've been. Open your heart and let me in. What's your name? Don't you want to tell it? What's your name? Tell me how to spell it.
the man that sets the joint of jumping in 15 minutes of his famous rhythmic style. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. With Ray Noble and his orchestra, yours truly, Bill Goodwin, Charlie's 14-year-old protege, Jane Powell, our celebrated guests, Bert Lyer and Fats Waller, and here are our stars, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Charlie? Yes, Mr. Bergen? Yes. The other day on the street, I, I bumped into your teacher. Oh, you should look where you're going. No, no. <laughs> well, I was pleasantly surprised to learn that your grades and your conduct have greatly improved. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I can think of the darndest things, can I? Yes, you certainly can. Sometimes I'm so good, I frighten me. Yes, I imagine so. She says you're almost at the head of your class. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Doc Horst McCarthy is nosing out the whole field. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> well, it, if this good work keeps up, you know, Charlie, you may even graduate this year. Yes, I... You know, I kind of hate leaving the eighth grade. You do? Mm-hmm. Well, why? Oh, it's been like home to me. It has, <laughs> yes. Well, this sudden burst of intelligence must be quite a shock to your school board, isn't it? Yes, it is, yes. Since I reformed, they've, they've declared our truant officer a non-essential industry. Is that so? <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you, Charlie. Now, what's your explanation for this, this sudden change? Well, you just laugh at me. No, I won't laugh. Tell me, what is it? Must be something important. It is? Yes. What is it? Well, it's... Uh... Oh, you just laugh at me. No, I won't. No, no, no. Come on. No, I won't. Yeah, come on, what is it, Charlie? You want to know what it is? Yes, what is it? Well, it's, uh, it's love, Bergen. No. Uh-huh. Love? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Well. L-U-V, love. Yes. <laughs> so it did all that for you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing finer than the love of a good woman. Well, who is it this time? Yeah. Jane Powell. Oh, I see. Uh, your little singing discovery. That's it, Bergen. Well... I'm smit as I've never been smitten before. <laughs> well, you're sure this is the one? Uh-huh. You, you just know when the right person comes along. You do? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you know it, but uh, you just know it. Uh, don't you, Bergen? Well, I... Uh, I... Uh, well, uh, I guess you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie, just when did you discover that you felt this way about Jane? In school. Oh, in school. Ain't education wonderful? Yes, it must be. <laughs> It all happened in algebra class. Is that so? Yes. Well, love smacked me right between the square, uh, square root and the hypotenuse. <laughs> well, I fixed that one up good. Yes. <laughs> well, at least they woke up out there. You know. <laughs> I thought we were alone here. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, bless you, bless you. I saw my option lapsing, yeah. I was ready to kick you, Bergen. All right, all right. Stay with me, folks, stay with me. You 
have to figure a little on some of these, but it's worth it. <laughs> now, Charlie, you were saying that uh, you found uh, love in uh, algebra class. That's right, Bergen. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, I think Jane is a very nice little girl, and I hope that... Hello, Charlie. Uh, Hello, Jane. I want to thank you for that wonderful present you sent to me. Oh, you liked it? Yes. It's the cutest little white rat. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was, ma'am, yes. Well, every time I look at it, I think of you. Yes. <laughs> Isn't she sweet? Yes. You know, Janie, I, I, I like you so much, I've written a poem just for you. Oh, how nice. Mm. Read it to me. All right. You're pretty as a picture. You're sweeter than honey. I love you more. Then Bergen loves money. <laughs> oh, oh, Charlie, that's so cute. But when did you first find out, found out that you felt this way about me? Oh, you're going to start too now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the day in school, you know, when I, when I looked in the cloakroom and saw our galoshes side by side. Oh, Charlie, <laughs> you're so sweet. Touching. And it was so nice of you to send me those flowers yesterday. Yes. You like them? Yes. But I didn't understand the card that came with them. Yeah, what did Charlie say on the card? Uh, good luck on the opening of your delicatessen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Charlie, uh, you don't mean to tell me that you... Charlie, flowers are lovely things. They're lovely things. But they fade compared to your beauty, Jane. Now, you say something nice about me. <laughs> Charlie, wherever I look, I see your face. Yes. In the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. I get around, don't I? <laughs> Charlie, I hope we'll always feel this way about each other. Well, yes, Jane. I can see us now in our little white cottage with a picket fence. I can see it, too. Mm. It has beautiful flowers around it. Oh, yes, just oodles of them. They're just stinking up the joint. <laughs> Hysteria blossoms and crawling sciaticas and <laughs> petunias. Uh. Oh, Charlie, you make everything sound so wonderful. Yes, there we are, growing old together, sitting by the fireplace. Well, what are we doing? Am I knitting? No, we're listening to the radio. What's on? Oh, some guy named Bergen doing a corny single act. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all alone? Yes, dear, we're all alone, except the, except for the patter of little feet. Patter of little feet? Mm-hmm. We got mice off. <laughs> Good evening, lovers of the finer things. Uh, that is the signal that opens the meeting of the Chase and Sanborn coffee class. Present tonight to participate in the discussion are Professor Raymond Noble, Mr. Axel Swenson, and our speaker of the evening, that famous philosopher, psychologist, linguist, statistician, and bibliophile, Professor Bert Lahr. Some introduction, Dr. Goodwin. You left out the most important thing. Really? What's that, Professor? Ignoramus. 
Oh, well, I'm sorry. Pardon me for overlooking your greatest claim to fame. <laughs> and now, Professor, your subject is, should you raise your hand to a baby? You couldn't have picked a better subject for me. Why, during my infantry, I was a baby myself. Oh, I'll never forget those happy babyhood days when my old man used to come home, pick me up, and toss me in the air. <laughs> oh, it was great fun. <laughs> it would have been more fun if you'd have caught me once in a while. <laughs> ah, but my father loved children. He'd have given anything if I'd have been one. And what care dear old daddy gave me. Why, he used to come home as late as four o'clock in the morning to stagger the floor with me. Ah, but I was an unusual child. Why, when I was six months old, my old man used to bring the neighbors in to see me. He'd point his finger at my head, and I'd point right back. <laughs> my head was pointier than his finger. <laughs> but before dissertating anymore, has anybody got any questions? Uh, yes, Professor. I'd like to interrogate you. Listen, Dr. Nobule, nobody's going to interrogate me. Just ask me questions. Well, I, I say, Professor Lyre, uh, uh, have you had any experiences uh, bathing the little beggars? Why, <laughs> I've bathed millions of them. The first thing I do is stick my elbows in the water to see if it's burling. <laughs> you thrust your elbows in uh, boiling water? Yeah. <laughs> now I got three-minute elbows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, professor, I've been just a janitor at the university of Minnesota. And I've been of the opinion that... What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do, Swanson? Mix me up? The subject is babies, and I refuse to change the subject. Um, <laughs> Professor, uh, I have a question concerning the feeding of babies. Uh, what do you think you should feed them? Well, that's ridiculous, Dr. Goodwin. Food, of course. <laughs> but my dear Goodwin, it isn't always easy to feed a baby. Now, when I was a baby, I had my foot in my mouth all the time. Oh, is that so, Professor? Uh, how did they feed you? With a shoehorn. <laughs> I notice that even now, every time you open your mouth, you push your foot in it. One more crack like that, and I'll give you a noggin like a bowling ball. <laughs> oh, really, now, now, come, come, come. How could you make my noggin like a bowling ball? <laughs> I'll give you three holes in the head. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, I've been of the opinion... Now, look, Swanson, a... wait a minute, Swanson. You're going off on a tangent. Oh, let me go with him. I love those bicycle filters. <laughs> Brother coffee clatchers, if you please. I believe we were discussing the odd things babies put in their mouths. Oh, yes, yes, of course. All of which reminds me of a case where a little snitch about two years old went around swallowing radio aerials. <laughs> radio aerials? I say, didn't they punish him? They couldn't. Every time they'd slap him, they'd knock H.V. Kaltenborn into a duet with Frank Sinatra. They <laughs> don't want to jump at conclusions, but they've been of the opinion. Now, listen. Listen, smorgasbord, if you... Uh, 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 professor, Professor, it's unethical for one professor to strike another. I wasn't striking him. Hmm? I just had my hand up to swat a fly. He was showing off. Uh, a fly showing off? Yeah, he flew in one of Swenson's ears and out the other. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, let's get back to the subject, please. Um, I knew of a problem child who was always kissing girls. Well, that's nothing. It's nothing to worry about. Now, I was a problem child like that myself. But I outgrew it. <laughs> now I'm a problem man. <laughs> Uh, Professor Lyre, uh, I'd like to ask you about that method you use to determine the weight of a newborn babe. I'm glad you asked that. Yes. Now, my method is the best and most accurate. Now, first place the baby on the scale. 
Then the father sits on the baby to hold him down. Weigh the baby and father together, then deduct the father's weight from the gross tonnage, and if there's anything left over, that's the kid. A banner of the opinion. All right, Swenson, I give up. What is your opinion? Well, I've been of the opinion that you had a yerk, a yabbermouth, and a yagasser. <laughs> yuck your yak. I'll have you know that I'm one of the biggest authorities on babies in the country. Why, I was student of philosophy at Harvard, masters of the classics at Oxford, connoisseur of the arts at Cambridge, and engine wiper at Union Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Lar, would you kindly limit yourself to the subject should you raise your hand to a baby? Concisely why I'm here. I have written a poem. Babies are tender bundles sent down from heaven above. Little flowery petals made for us to love. So don't raise your hand to Junior when you catch him swiping jelly. For if you drop your guard one second, he'll kick you in the shins. <laughs> Your guest stars Jane Powell, Fats Waller, and Bert Lahr. Well, we've all heard about musicians who can make a piano talk. Our guest this evening not only makes the piano talk, but he talks right back to the piano. And so, seated at the crockery box, ready to give out with eight misbehaving and handful of keys, is the eminent composer virtuoso, that harmful little armful, Mr. Fats Waller. Yeah! For you and you and you, especially you, ain't no messing around. Oh, yes, I'm really going to town. I ain't misbehaving, saving all my love for you, yes, you. Like Jack Horner in a corner, don't go nowhere, what do I tell, dear? Your kisses are worth waiting for, believe me.
boy, what in the dump is it? Are you with me? Yes, I'm certainly with you, Gabe. Splendid, Mr. Warren, splendid. Yeah. I might even say it was the quintessence of harmonic interpretation. The quintessence of, of, of nevertheless, uh, thank you, Gabe. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure glad to meet you, Fat. Well, the feeling is paramutual, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> Fads, I'd like to say that I enjoyed your music, too. It was thrilling. Oh, that was nothing. No? That's just a little prelude and sea scat minor, man. Oh, and that's all right. Uh, Mr. Waller, you're, you're, you're a big fella, aren't you? You're wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold everything. Kind of round. I'm not fat now. Oh. Wait a minute. I just come in the large economy size. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you mind turning around a minute? Turning around? What for? I just want to see how the other half lives. <laughs> Charlie, I don't think it's nice to make fun of Mr. Waller. Why, he has the makings of a great concert artist. Hmm. Has the makings of two concert artists. No. <laughs> I'll start knocking on wood in a minute. Keep yeah. on. <laughs> Well, what do you think of the symphony and the opera, Fat? The symphonies and the opera? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that ain't nothing but common yard dog music. Is that? That's all it is. Do you mean to say you want to play boogie woogie all you... Ah! Yeah, man. <laughs> That's solid. And I want to be on the harp afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did, yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. <laughs> Fat, uh, why don't you seriously consider the concert field? Yeah, why don't you? Why, with your talent, you might become as famous as... Uh, well, you know, that great Irish pianist. Yeah. Irish, Irish pianist? Yeah. Uh, who is that, Pat O'Brien? No, you know, Pat oh. O'Paterusky, you know. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. But I never dubbed that cat. No. And then, you know, at concerts, you, you'll have to play something, you know, real classical. Something real classical? Yeah. Like what? Well, do you know anything by Streptokowski? Uh, no. We don't know anything. No, no, no. That's too bad. No. What about uh, Rimsky, Rimsky, corset cover? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you one thing I do know. Yeah? I know Rubinsky's Rubatis off the Raskaffer. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a fine one. That sounds very good. Yes. <laughs> but don't you have anything a little more meaty? A little more meaty. Now, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, yes. Yeah. How about the rump steak serenade? You know, that's really a classic. I'll tell you, man. That's that all... gets in the groove and you yeah. start to move, you yeah. know? It's good enough if you got the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Fellas, I don't think you should make fun of the great masters. No, that's right. We shouldn't. No. Uh, uh, but by the way, Charlie, listen. Hmm? What goes with this Mr. Bergen? Is he a long hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, it just so happens that I know a little about music. Why, when I was a boy, I played the French horn. And he's the only living man who could play the French horn with a Swedish accent. No, no. <laughs> one never knows, do one? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you realize, Mr. Waller, that if you were going to appear in a recital, you'll have to dress. Well, I, uh, well, I did sort of plan on, uh, wearing something, That's you know? Cool. Yeah. yeah, and it may be a nylon crowd, you know, and dress is essential at those... Uh, essen yeah. essential? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, you mean my pinstripe tuxedo with the bad midriff? <laughs> yeah, I get it. That should be striking. Mm -hmm. Don't you have a full dress suit, though? Uh, well, look, Charlie. Yeah, but it's a little on the flashy side. Flashy side. Yes, oh. you know, uh, it uh, has orange lapels. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I suppose it has a built-in jukebox, too. <laughs> uh, well, no, uh, 
But the button's on the spats light up. Yeah, well, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's fine, man. I'm telling you, that really comes on like a goo. Yeah, it'll be tough to follow, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you must be, you must impress the people with your cultural background and cultural tell them, background, you know, that you uh, travel on the continent and that sort of thing. Oh, yes, yes, I sure will. Yes. I sure will, old man. I sure tell will. Tell them about London and how you fed the elephants in Piccadilly Circus. Oh, yes, yes. yes I was mad about it, man. Utterly yes. mad about it. Well, you rally. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, old chap. I really was really mad. I'm telling you. Tell me, have you ever shot... <laughs> have you ever shot grouse with the Earl of Nottingham? The Earl of Nottingham? No, but I shot traps with the Duke of Ellington. I'm yeah. telling you, <laughs> I think you got. I think you got something there now, and you got the hang of this thing. So I'm going to put you to the final test. <laughs> you have a final test? Mm -hmm. Lay it on me, lay it on me. I love it. I want you to meet a fine musician, an Who's English that? gentleman. Who is that? Ray Noble. Ray Noble? Are you saying? <laughs> I'm all set. Bring him on. All right. Permit me to introduce that outstanding musician, Satsola Valero. <laughs> I sigh, Mr. Noble, old choppy old bean. This is indeed a pleasure. <laughs> well, My goodness, it's really charming <laughs> to meet you again over here on this show. This is really fine. <laughs> well, if it isn't fat fall, I'll lay that mess on me, man. Mm -hmm. Huh? <laughs> now, is he well, I'm a flapping turtle. Ah, ha, ha. Mr. McCarthy. I've been sadly disillusioned, and I beg to take my leave. Well, where are you going? <laughs> where am I going? <laughs> I'm going to... Listen, I can't stand these dance hall colloquialisms. Well, hit me on the noggin with an E-flat to noggin. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, kids and everybody, you're attending Eddie Condon's Fifth Town Hall Jazz Concert. This is a special occasion. Only six months ago, the world was shocked by the sudden death of one of the finest creators of American music, a great genius, beloved not only by America, but by all the world. Thomas Fats Waller, the gifted Negro pianist, in December 1943, played his last note and stopped to rest forever in the midst of a troubled, warring world. Back in the days of peace, this inspired maker of melodies and creator of jazz had traveled all around the globe, carrying the new free spirit of American jazz along with him. To all the world, he brought the simple, beautifully rousing drive of our own native jazz. To Frenchmen, Russians, Britons, to all nationalities, colors, and creeds. It was all one big world to Fatswaller, a world as united, happy, and harmonious as the keyboard of his Steinway concert grand. Of course, Mr. Hitler didn't like Fatswaller. He forbids the people of the nations he conquered to listen to Fats' music. That music is too typical of the USA for Hitler. Great music grew in Tom Waller simply and naturally. Once, when a serious young lady asked Fats to define swing, he gave this classically simple answer. Lady, if you got to ask, you ain't got it. Yes, Fats and his music were perhaps as great a pair of ambassadors of global goodwill as this world will ever see. It is to this unforgettable spirit that we dedicate Eddie Condon's fifth town hall jazz concert. With us today is James P. Johnson, or Jimmy Boy, as his great friend Fats would have called him. Jimmy, of Blue Note record fame, is coming on stage now, getting ready to play some of the famous Waller tunes. Boys in the band are warming up. But now... Let's travel backwards for half an hour or so. Let's imagine that we're gathered around a piano in a Harlem basement 
back in the early Waller days, say 1925. It's almost 5 o'clock in the morning. The dawn's just growing pink over Lenox Avenue. And there at the piano sits a young musician, a colored boy who's just composed a tune he sort of likes himself. There's a fellow with some drums over in the corner. There's a horn or two, and a bass, and a guitar. And there's Aaron Hotlips Page. You ready, Eddie Condon? Okay, let's go. The joint is jumping. It's really jumping. Come in, cats, shake your hats. Mean this joint is jumping. Piano thumping. Dancers bumping. This here spot is more than hot. In fact, the joint is jumping. Check your weapons at the door. Be sure to pay your quarter. Burn the leather on the floor. Grab anybody's daughter. The roof is rocking. The neighbor's knocking. Wheel all bums when the wagon comes. I mean, daughter jumping. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Condon. How do you do? How do you do? That was a joint of jumping. It looks like it's going to keep that way, uh, that stride right from now on. That was uh, Lips Page doing that vocal. Jimmy Johnson playing the piano. We had P.B. Russell in the clarinet. Uh, Bill Harris, the trombone. Ernie Caceres, the baritone. We have Gene Schrader, and uh, of course he plays the piano, and Joe Gross on the drums. I don't think I've missed anyone. Most of these guys you can find out at the next nightly, sometimes in the morning. This next number is going to be called Squeeze Me. It was written, it was the first published number that Fass ever wrote. So I've been instructed to say. It was written in 1919. And this thing features a fellow named Pee Wee Russell, the strong man of swing. <laughs> and uh, I think we ought to start this out. Now, Bobby, do you want to start it, please? That little chromatic thing there?
Thank you, Peavy, and the rest of those fellows over there. That's one of my favorites of Fats's. You should hear some of the lyrics of that sometime. Say, there's a telegram here from a fellow that I think most people that are listening or here in person will know about and read. Fred, you want to tell them about that telegram? Yeah, Eddie, it's addressed to uh, Eddie Condon at Town Hall. Eddie, you are doing a great thing putting on a session in memorial of Fats Waller. Fats was a great musician and one of the real figures in homegrown American music. And it's signed, John Das Passos. Well, well, what are you doing over there, Jim? You want me to do something here? Yes, I'm about... See, now, we got Jimmy Johnson here. Say, Jim, you know about that uh, song you were telling me about? What was the name of that thing? That was Willow Tree, Eddie. When was that written, Jim? Uh, in 1928, Fats and I had a group up to the Lafayette Theater. I remember that. And we had an orchestra that c contained some of the finest musicians in the country. If you and Fats were there, that's enough for me. Oh, Don't have to go yeah. any further. Yes. This is the Willow Tree? Yes. You want to give it a little try there? Yes. Hi, boy. Out there. You got some other stuff in the mind that you're going to play out, haven't you, Jim? Yes, in 1929, once again, once again we were together. See, we had a show called Keep Shuffling, and uh, Fats had a little tool in there. That was a soft shoe number in the show. It was very pretty. We had a two-piano arrangement on it. I know that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's called Candied Sweets. Ooh. Well, you want to give that a little twist? Oh, yeah. All right, Jim, give it a try.
yes, yes, Jimmy, that's very, very good. Now, look at Jim. And everyone listening and watching, uh, the Victor Record Company decided to compile an album of Fats' various records made for Victor. And it's been released today, and Victor have decided that the most appropriate person to receive the first copy of this album is James Johnson. James, I'm giving you this album presented to you through me by Victor Records. Well, Eddie, I really accept it because I think it's a great honor. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Jim, you got to fly into some stuff now. you got to give me some of those jumps. Well, what, what are you going to get? What, what, what is that there, Jim? Well, I'm going to play a little tune now that Fats dedicated to his love life, I understand. Oh! That was the first one. He wrote several. Oh, and this is called I'm Crazy About My Baby, which he wrote for Anita. Well, his I wife. His wife? Well, I know Lee's listening. I... <laughs> his wife. Well, I'm glad you put that in. I look at here. I'm crazy about my baby. I'd love to hear you play it on the piano, Jim. Take it away. James. Say, James, what's that uh, James P mean? What's that P mean in there? The P? Yeah. Well, that's... I thought you knew, Eddie. What's that's that? Price. Price. Price? Yeah, the man my father used to work for. Oh, pardon me. Thought you were a bird. Now, look at here, Jim. Thanks a lot. We're going to go into Ain't Misbehaving. I want to give you two beats on this, fellas. Are you ready? You got it over there, Gene? Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs>
going here called Honeysuckle Rose. That's uh, no strange number to anyone. That was written in 1932. I heard it before then, however. We might uh, turn Bill Harris loose on the chorus of this thing. But the Honeysuckle Rose, how about you taking four bars on the drums over there, Mr. Grasso? You ready? Take it. Ha, 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 ha. 
way, we squeezed Lipton on that cornet that time, on that uh, honeysuckle. This next number, Bobby's going to play, uh, Bobby Hag's going to play If It Ain't Love. That was written in 1932. By the way, speaking of Bobby, on that war bond rally I mentioned uh, in Providence last week, I had a little mistake there. The governor happens to be Governor McGrath of Rhode Island, not Governor Vanderbilt. Maybe next time he'll do better. Now look at Bobby. Do you want to take four bars on the piano? Take it, Gene. take our shoes off. We're going to go into this finale here. By the way, there's a, a little incidental vocal here. It's not too incidental. Lips is going to sing a couple of courses written by that same guy, John DeVries, still in that hotel in Omaha in uniform with his rap leggings. He has ten texts to thing today. Jimmy, do you want to take this away? Just take a course. If you want another treat Now listen in next Saturday If you want another treat 
Cause it's gonna be a scorcher when the blue turns on the heat. Got to help those soldiers fighting across the pond. Gotta help those soldiers fighting for us across the pond. Take your piggyback and bust it and buy another bond. I'm calling Mr. Hitler to notify his next skin. I'm calling Mr. Hitler to notify his next skin. It's only 80 miles to Paris and five to Berlin. Jimmy, Eddie, Lips, Bobby, Man Mountain, Russell, and all the boys. But only for a week. Next Saturday at the same time, Eddie Condon will be back with his banjo on his knee, uh, excuse me, and I mean guitar, for another great jazz concert paced and played the way you like it. You see, we know you like it because Eddie Condon has a funny habit of reading his mail. And folks, we're absolutely not allergic to anything. Headaches or hurrahs, requests or rebuffs. And those pictures of Eddie Condon are going out to you just as fast as we can mail them. If you haven't got yours, just drop a line to Eddie Condon, the Blue Network, Radio City, New York, 20, New York. And now, so long, USA, and all the boys who may be catching us overseas. This is Eddie Condon's Jazz Concert signing off. Good luck. See you next Saturday. Eddie Condon's Jazz Concert is produced by Ernest Anderson and announced by Fred Robbins. This is the Blue Network. Destination Freedom. Destination Freedom, dramatizations of the great democratic traditions of the Negro people, is brought to you by station WMAQ as a part of the pageant of history and of America's own Destination Freedom. Of all the popular musicians of the past generations, none was so successful in defying convention and traditions as the talented son of a Manhattan minister, the late Thomas Wright Waller, better known to millions as Fats Waller. In a chapter entitled, The Shy Boy, Destination Freedom brings you a portrait of the famous Fats. 
You could tell it was him by the way he touched the keys. Sometimes quick like a lizard's tongue. Sometimes soft like the first snowflake in the fall. And when he wanted to cut loose, he had ten sledgehammers. He could pull out to make a piano rock like Noah's Ark on a stormy night. I'm the one who put the sledgehammers in his fingers and some of the quickness, maybe. Oh, but the joy. The joy come from I don't know where. All I know is that one evening I was playing piano in the real dirty pearl place when I heard up in the front a voice a little louder than the rest as though it had been trying to attract attention for a long time. Hey! Hey! Is there a Mr. J.P. Morgan in here? Hey! Listen, you! Keep your voice down. I'll have you thrown out of here. You're making too much noise. Ma'am, you must be mistaken. I'm not making any noise. I just want to see this Mr. J.P. Waiters! Waiters! Now, wait a minute. Let go of my coat. I never missed a beat. They pitched them out of pearl face like beat balls every evening. There was one thing different about this one. As usual, the bouncers went out with him. But this time, they didn't come back. The customer did. Hey, now don't fool them folks. Is there Mr. J.P. Morgan in here? He was this big, shy boy. He bounced the bouncers. Well, naturally, I had to stop to see what prize fighter had accomplished that job. Uh, what'd you do to my waiters? Where are they? Ma'am, I just left them outside. They didn't understand me when I said, tell me, Lou. I understood why the waiters had lost the scuffle. He outweighed them by 40 pounds. All right. I'm a good loser. Have a drink on the house. <laughs> You're the first one ever bounced my waiters. Pour one, Jojo. Sure, pour. Uh, ma'am, if, if you don't mind, I'd rather not. On the wagon? No, on the eight. What? Uh, your sign says no drink served to miners. I... Wouldn't want you to get in trouble with the law. Oh, no, no, sir. I mean, kid, don't get us into any trouble. Hey, what you doing in this place, anyway? Well, my father sent me over to Lafayette Theater last night. How nice. See a piano player running up and down the keyboard. Gee, just running. Man, he could really play. I'll be sure to go over and hear him sometime. Uh, they say he plays at Dirty Pearl. Well... I'm Pearl. Name J.P. Morgan, they say. J.P. You said that before, and there's no J... Oh, you mean J.P. Johnson, fool. Oh, that's his name? Say, kids played a joke on me. They told me to come in here and ask for Mr. J.P. Morgan. <laughs> After this young mountain and Pearl had stopped laughing, she steered him over to my piano. J.P., I want you to meet the... What did you say your name was? Waller. Thomas Wright Waller. Glad to know you. This kid must have weighed 200 pounds. And when he told me what he wanted... I'd like to take piano lessons from you. All my sympathy went out to the piano. Pearl interceded for me. Uh, J.P.'s like a blind son, but he, he doesn't take on beginners. Oh, I, I know how to play. I just don't know how to play the way he does. Uh, how long have you been taking lessons? Since I was six. Here, I'll play some of my music just to give you an idea. 
he squashed down on the stool and was about to beat on the keys, but Pearl saved the piano from the worst pounding of its life. Uh, young man. Man. No man is allowed. I mean, the piano, too. Well, gee, how's Mr. Johnson ever going to hear this? Well, I'm just afraid he might not, unless you can audition somewhere else. You all settle it, but not on my piano. Well, I got back down to the blues, hoping the boy would take the hint and blow. But uh-uh. He hung over my shoulder like a cloud, and I could see the only way to get rid of him was to hear him play. My dad wants you to hear me, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, where'd I come for this here? Uh, a few blocks north of here. I'll be practicing Sunday noon if you can come up at that time. Dad said... All right. All right, just leave me your address. Gee, thanks. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to teach you. I'm only saying out here, and that's all. Well, on Sunday, I walked a few blocks north and came to the address the kid had left me. Come in. You kindly remove your hat, please. Hey, what is this? This is the home of Reverend Waller. Did you come to worship? Uh, not exactly. I'm Johnson, the piano player. Oh, I... yes, of course. Come in, won't you? That's my boy playing now. His playing's different from yours, Johnson. You know about me? Of course. I never noticed you in the taverns I play in, Reverend. Some of my congregations have been telling me about you. Quite a few backsliders in the church, you see. Oh, yeah, yeah I see. I see you most every night. And they say that your uh, barroom music, if you don't mind me calling it that. Oh, go right ahead. Been called a lot worse. They say this has an effect much of my church music can't get. Sort of brings out a certain side of people, to say, their rowdy side. Well, now, Reverend, I wouldn't exactly put it that way. Wait until I finish, uh, Mr. Johnson. Yes, sir. I'm I... not condemning your music. In fact, that's why I want my son to study under you for a while. Hmm? He's the only son I have. And you must have noticed that he's, well, rather shy. In some ways. Perhaps because of his unusual size, he's inclined to be a bit uh, self-conscious. <laughs> I've noticed. I believe I've kept him too cloistered. Since he was six, he's been somewhat of a musical prodigy. Composing, concerts. He's had the best classical training New York can give him. He writes for the organ and the piano and has a symphony to his credit. But it's been all work. And I think it's time he found a way to relax. Church music has been Thomas's life. If he can't find some music to relax with, he'll find other ways. Will you take him? I locked eyes with the Reverend Mr. Waller as his boy rolled off another church hymn. He must have read my mind as I looked down at my lean left-hand fingers that could roll off a boogie beat, which I believe could rock the foundation of any church. The Reverend just smiled and shook his head. Oh, no, Mr. Johnson. You think that once the devil's music, as I must refer to yours, gets into my boy, he won't want to return to composing church hymns. I've seen that happen. Well, no matter how boisterous Tom allows himself to become with your music, the ways of the church are in him. There'll always be a voice in his mind telling him to come home and create the kind of music he was trained for. You go on and take him. Teach him to relax. The church isn't worried. Tom will come back.
He turned his future church organist over to me. And in the evenings, he'd squeeze himself in beside me while I'd beat out piano lessons that are never taught in a classroom. And when I thought I'd schooled him enough, I turned the 88s over to him. Uh, okay, let's see what you can do. Well, I, I can't play the way you play yet. But here's a song I made up in Sunday school. It goes this way. Finger could trickle over the keys like a stream of water. He could translate his songs into the styles of Bach, Beethoven, Handel, and Mozart. But there still wasn't enough J.P. Johnson in him. And Pearl was disturbed. If it keeps playing that stuff in here, you'll drive every customer I've got to drinking rat poison. And I don't have enough poison to go around. And on the streets, the Reverend would tip his hat to me as though I was his best worker. You're doing a splendid job with my son, Mr. Johnson. Splendid. I hadn't noticed it. Everyone in church has. When he leaves your place, he's anxious to compose church music. May the Lord bless you. You're doing a splendid job. And every Sunday, my pupil, who should have been the best jazz pianist in the city by now, went on pumping out hymns. I seem to be in a struggle with the Reverend for the musical soul of his son. On Sundays, the Reverend won, hands down. But on Mondays, I'd take his son's hand, show him the ways of the foxtrot and the two-step, the blues. But when those Sundays came around, he was back at his post. Oh, my good training gone to waste. It was working out just the way the Reverend had thought it would. Until... She come to town. <laughs> oh, what a man to travel with me. Got to know blues, got to sing, and got to be strong enough to protect me in a fight. Where is he? Bessie Smith, queen of the blues, come into Pearls one night looking for a piano player. How about you, J.P.? Well, I could go. What are you waiting on? A better man, Miss Smith. Yeah? Where is he? Hey, Thomas! Thomas, come here. Yeah, just stand where you are. What do you think of him? He sure could protect a traveling woman, all right. I've been teaching him the blues myself. Yeah, let me hear. Sit down, fat. Well, you call him fat. You're the one who's fat, ain't you? Sit down, fat. Uh, Bessie, he's big, but he's sensitive, I you can't know. stand no sensitive man. If you want the job, sit down and play, fat. Fat. Glad at the mighty Bessie for a good long while. But he finally sat down at the keys in a way I'd never seen him sit before. Now, what's your music like? Well, 
Most of my music church music. Go on, honey. I love church music. You do? One of these days, I'm going to retire and devote all my life to singing for the church. That's just what I'm planning to do, compose music for the church. Then you and I ought to get along fine, Fat. We're on the same train. Now, about those blues. Well, I haven't quite caught on to those yet. What do you have? Oh, some things of my own, some pieces I've made up, like, like this one. Great Bessie Smith patted one foot while Fats tinkered with the keys. And I could hear some of my style had been stolen. All right, you pass on the piano side. Now, what about the singing? Me sing? I never take a piano man who can't sing. I guess that leaves me home. Oh, uh, you see, Bessie, the kid's kind of shy about his voice, especially since he ain't got one. I can't take no piano man who can't sing. I could see the boy wanted the job, wanted it bad. Well, I... I know that new song. I I can't give you anything but love, baby. Oh, that. Yeah. I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing that's left. Fats was doing the best he could, but Lord, his best was the worst I'd heard. I could see a laugh rolling up from Bess's stomach. Some of the customers heard the weird noise and came over to see what in the world was wrong. Then they began to laugh too. Hey. You laughing at me. That's you, Pat. Who else? I don't like for people to laugh at me. When you sing, they got to. Well, I, I guess I don't fit. That's all I know how to do. Wait a minute. Where are you going? A uh, home. I haven't given you leave to go home yet. You come here and do that song right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to have everybody laughing at me. Sit down at the piano again, honey. Yeah. Look at me. I'm big, too. But they don't laugh when I sing. You got a voice. I know what it can do. I sing blues, hard time blues, sad songs that come from hard times and lonesome people, and they forget how big I am and think about what I'm singing. You just watch. I got them Bessie's volume-made pearls placed bulge, and the wine glasses tinkled together as though they were nervous and excited. Her voice did for the reverend son what my piano keys had failed to do, opened another door in his soul. When the song was done and the wine glasses stood still, the reverend son said, You've got a voice. Ain't you? You still want me to sing? Sure, just use what you got. Understand the songs you sing. You ain't stacked up to sing about moon and June and dance and romance. You just ain't built that way. You look funny singing it. Besides, the lyrics ain't worth taking serious. Show the folks that you know the lyrics are funny, foolish, and they'll laugh at the song, not at you. You come with me. I'll try it. The blues queen took the big boy over to the Rialto State. Rehearsed him in some song. When opening night come, the big boy was shaken slightly. But when the piano was wheeled around, he took his cue from Bessie. (laughs) 
Come here, let me tell you something. I can't dish out anything but love. Baby. That's the only thing I've got plenty of. Baby. She's talking about dreaming a while. Dreaming a while. You're sure to find happiness. Oh, yeah. All those fine Arabian things your little heart pines for. Yeah. They started chuckling just yeah. at the sight of him. And when he was halfway through, the front row patrons were doubled up. When he finished, I knew I'd deepen the reverend to his musical soul. He'd gotten the feel of what it means to have an audience with you all the way. It's a good feeling. It don't come any place but on the stage. You know darn well, well, baby. I ain't dishing out nothing. Ain't getting off on nothing but love. How's that, baby? Yes, he sat down and there was a smirk on his face and a gleam in his eye that never left it. He could invent phrase after phrase and he went through songs the audience had heard a thousand times. But he made them sound like they'd been written just for him. I'm the sheik of Arabic. Your love belongs to me. At night when you're asleep Into your tent I'll creep Yeah, baby, I'm gonna creep, yeah The soft and shaggy bug Will light our way to love You rule this land with me Cause I'm the shook and shake the sheep from Arabia Well, I'll he went on the road and traveled the circuit with Bessie Smith. He left him laughing in Louisiana, had him howling in Tennessee, made him forget the cotton crops in Georgia. And when he came north again, six years later, he was 60 pounds heavier. He stopped in Pearls, where I was, and the Reverend came in. Can you help me? I'm looking for Thomas Wright Waller, ma'am. Hey, Fats, someone see. I'm busy. Tell him it's his father. Uh, uh, it's your father. Well, hello, Dad. I, I was on my way home. I just stopped up to see J.P. I understand, son. Say, you've gained a lot of weight. Yeah. You should watch that. Your heart's not in the best condition, you know. I know. Thomas, I've got a question I want to ask you. Yes, Dad? You really don't care about composing hymns anymore, do you, son? Not that I... Give me a straight answer, Thomas. You like this music better? No. No, I, I don't like it better, but I, I like it. All the time when I was on the road, when I, I'd be playing in places where I'd be scared to sleep, I'd be thinking about writing, well, maybe not hymns anymore, but quiet music, soothing quiet music. The kind of music I've been training myself to write since I was six. Look. Yes. Looks like a song. I have six of them. None finished. 
When I get a little time, I'm going to come home and write the kind of music I want to write. Quiet and warm. Something that'll well, last a long time. Not blow away like a note of a trumpet. Maybe after my next trip, Dad, I, I want to make one more trip. Well, the big boy with the loud voice and the quiet heart went out on another trip. And another. Crossed the continent and saw his name blazing across Broadway. Beat on that piano in his own peculiar way. He gave concerts and saw the critics write. Pat Swallow gave a concert last evening at Carnegie Hall, and he played his own compositions for two hours. He played jazz and symphonic style, blues style, boogie style, and his own style. He played Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. He clowned and he cut up. He tickled the keys lightly and then pounded them with his fist. He could bring out more tones than any pianist this reviewer has ever heard. And through it all, one wondered what this rollicking genius could do if he turned to composing serious music. And when he sang, the hall sang with him. Oh, this jumping, really jumping. Any Moses on his toes, I mean to join in jumping. Uh oh, no time for talking. This place is walking, yeah. Get the jug and cut the rug. I say to John and jumping. Listen, get your pig feet there and gin. There's plenty in the kitchen. Who is that that just came in? Just look at the way he's switching. Oh, baby. Right name. No, no, no. He was singing phrases I'd taught him to use when he was a big, shy boy. Talking about places I'd had him playing when he was a beginner. He went to Chicago and Milwaukee, and the rollicking rhythm rolled on. He could make people laugh by just the way he'd repeat a word, a phrase. All your pedal extremities are colossal. To me, you look just like a fossil. Got me walking, talking, and walking. Cause your feet too big, yeah. Come on and walk that thing. One evening when his chauffeur drove him over to Pearl's place to see me, I was sorry about the victory I'd won over his father. I spoke to him about writing some serious music now, instead of putting it off. <laughs> I'm ahead of you, J.P., way ahead. You see this packet here? Yeah. There's scores I've been working on for a year. Huh? I'm taking to my publisher next week. Yeah? I was happier than I'd been since the day I stole his musical soul from his father. I guess everybody who really knew him was happy. Until he came back that week. What happened, son? Nothing, I'm... Just want to rest. What happened to the song? Please, I... tell me. Well, I... I took them the serious music. Yes? They looked at me and laughed. They just laughed. They said nobody could pay any attention to serious music I wrote. They were used to the comedy. So they... They just laughed. Never did like for them to laugh at him. Only with him. 
He went back in the clubs and the hotels, and they say he was even funnier. Oh, and I should fall in love with you. Do you think that you could love me, too? You could love me? Well, all right, that's great. Those lies should hold you and caress you. Would it impress you? Would it, huh? Or would it distress you? Huh? Would it? Well, answer me. Those lies should say for you, I yearn. Yeah, I yearn. Sure, I do. Yeah. Would you think I'm speaking out of turn? No, I'm not lying. It's a sinister lie. Yeah. Those lies declare. time when he was at home, he kept on working on the serious song. The symphonies and the concertos, the etudes and the jazz operas. And before one trip to California, the Reverend and I went to the station with him and he told us, Ah, now don't you worry about me clowning. This is my last trip, my last one. You see this packet? Well, there's some scores I've been working on in there. After this trip, I'm sitting down and finishing it. I'm not going to let them remember me only for pop tunes. No. I'm just going to make this one last trip. That's all. Oh, oh. oh well, so long, Fessy. Take care of yourself, son. So long. He left on that one last trip. And I went back to Pearls and sat down with an old boogie-woogie that my fingers had forgotten. I played it all week, and on the weekend of December 15th, 1943, the Reverend came into the cafe, walked over to my piano. Good evening, Johnson. Evening, Reverend. How's Tom? He's dead. Sir? Telegram from Salt Lake City came in yesterday. Tom died suddenly on the train, heart attack. I guess it was that weighty carried. Yeah, guess so. I, I'm sorry. Maybe if we let him stick to the hymns and being shy, he'd have written that music. I, I don't know. I've been thinking about it all day. God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Maybe it was better that Tom brought laughter and joy than church hymns. I don't know. Nobody knew. Least of all me. All I knew is that I could tell by his touch that he had something to tell the world, and I steered him towards joy and laughter and sometimes I wonder what he would have written if he had gone the way of other composers. I wonder.
You have just heard Destination Freedom's dramatization of The Shy Boy, the story of the late composer-pianist Thomas Fats Baller. Destination Freedom is written by Richard Durham and produced by Larry Auerbach. The role of Fats Waller was played by Oscar Brown, Jr. Others in the cast were Fred Pinker, Janice Kingslow, Weslyn Tilden, and Bob White. The special music was played by Mary Sinclair and Jose Bethencourt. Our technician was Gary Duplee, sound effects by Dave Squires. This is Charles Chan speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing is your store for quality, distinctive T-shirts. Established in Scottsdale, Arizona, Panoramic is streetwear that reflects the lifestyle of a modern West. Apparel inspired by a vision that moves in all directions. These are eye-pleasing, pre-shrunk cotton tees for men, women, and children in all sizes with wide-ranging designs. All shirts are double-stitched at the seams, shoulder, sleeve, collar, and waist for durability, and the perfect fit. Go to plclothing.store to view our vast selection. While there, check out our Instagram and YouTube photo shoots. Click the link to register to vote in the upcoming election so your voice will be heard. Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing, premium t-shirts at popular prices. Get quality for less at plclothing.store. The world is embracing cryptocurrency. Don't get left out. Make Coinbase your home base for the new digital economy. Millions of people and businesses trust Coinbase to buy, sell, and manage crypto. You can even earn free crypto by watching their instructional videos, which make trading and investing so easy. Coinbase is committed to creating more economic freedom through accessible, safe, and secure financial tools for everyone. To sign up, go to kropcollection.com. I hope you are enjoying Audio Antiques, our Golden Age radio podcast. If you are, why not subscribe and tell your friends? For more information about our shows and sponsors, check out krobcollection.com. Our music is by H-Beats. That's H-Beats with a Z. I'm Ken Robinson. Thanks so much for listening.